but you need to be competitive not with other people, but you need to be competitive with yourself. Mm. You need to set yourself a goal, right? You need to go above and beyond that goal. You set up a time. You tell me what time. I'll come out there, and instead of me just working with you, I'm going to help every one of your neighbors out at the same exact time to get them moving. When that adjuster shows up on that dark, on that driveway, I look right at the adjuster. I hand him my scope sheet, and I say, hey, this is what myself and the homeowner have just went over on their property. This is what we've noticed is damage on their property. This is what we expect to be taken care of. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown. This is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I have Dan Walrack with me. How you doing, man? How you doing, man? Nice to see you. Yes, sir. What company? Built Strong Exteriors. Um, and we were talking about how he used relationships to hit 18 million in personal roofing sales. First of all, holy shit. It's a big number. And uh, we were just kind of talking earlier, just shooting the shit about how it's kind of weird sometimes if somebody is, hey, really into that hustle, mm-hmm. you're knocking a lot of doors, but you can't ever graduate past that because at a certain point, you should be starting to get so many referrals and creating relationships. Mm-hmm. So if you stay in that mode of just hustle. Yeah. Well, you get to that point where, you know, we've all been there where we have to spend those first few, you know, few years of getting that hustle, getting that grind, doing the work, knocking the doors being out there sun up to sundown or sundown. But I'll tell you what, it comes to the point where you have to go beyond the hustle. And beyond the hustle means developing those relationships and networking yourself out there where there are so many means of networking, so many means of relationships that you have to build that eventually when you've been doing this for 24 and a half years, that that work will come back to you. Mm. And it's basically about planting the seed. And what I've learned and what I've, I don't want to ever use the term, you know, an expert, but I've gotten really good at planting that seed where eventually those relationships will come back to me. And what they'll do is they'll basically, you know, like the, what happened this past year doing $18 million, you know, 90% of it's residential, 595 separate jobs, separate homeowners. That's Which is wild. Like when you say 18 million, everyone's thinking, all right, commercial then, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I've done as far as multifamily and commercial, I said it probably about 1.8 of the 18 million. <laughs> I would say the rest of it, 90% is strictly residential properties. $29,985 average per job. So let's get into specific methods because you're a relationship builder. You care yep. about people. You know, you, I don't think you do 18 million as a roofing salesperson and not care about exactly. people. Exactly. So let's talk about different methods that you use to create relationships at scale. I know you talked about insurance agents. Agents is a big plus. I want to talk about the the pitching many homeowners at once, like having the homeowner bring other homeowners, which is crazy. I saw a picture. No, oh, it's critical. What are some other ones just real quick before we dive into any one of them? Uh, personal relationships with insurance adjusters is a big help. Uh, agents. Adjusters, uh, agents. Uh, I would say... Real estate agents, that helps okay. too. Uh, foreclosure banks, things yeah. like that. Just getting your name out there. Yeah. You know, uh, homeowners, planting the seed. Like I'm in our, my community, I'm the eighth grade head football coach. I run the parent group in our middle school. I've donated a lot of time and value into the booster program, into the police department in town. Because if somebody <laughs> said that, hey, this guy's sold 18 million, they're also maybe thinking like, this guy doesn't have any personal time to do stuff like that. Exactly. Well, so what is that like talk to me about how you have this extra time when you like to say I've closed 18 million dollars how did you even have time well it was, it was difficult it wasn't easy 
But uh, the, the hailstorm hit in May, May 19th. And like I said, 37 seconds after that hailstorm came, my phone started ringing off the hook. And that evening, I had my child's traveling baseball game. I drove to that game, and as I sat in my lawn chair watching that game, I had to field over 40-plus voicemails within the first hour after that. My phone just continued for the next two and a half months where it was a constant grind. However, my wife, she's all in. She helped me with scheduling. That was a huge plus because if I'm out on roofs with all day long, and a lot of people get that misconception that I just used an entire team to do the work for me. I met my own adjusters. I did my own claims. I did my own appointments. I did my own orders. I processed my own claims. The only thing I didn't do was I didn't build the jobs. We have a quality control department that just does that. But everything above and beyond that, I had to do up until that point. Was you, because some folks are really into that, go to the job site while the job is being completed. Oh, it's a huge plus. Do you do I, that? I do that in a normal year. Okay, but, but in a year like this, when I, my, right. I personally was building 15 roofs a day. Yeah. I mean, you can't Absolutely. run no chest appointments <laughs> and do color appointments and yeah. do appointments and be at 15 jobs. But Bill Strong was excellent and we had a whole department that runs the jobs. So the jobs would go down, but I would still field referrals off of those jobs. So if I was in that area, you know, I would go up to the neighbors next door and say, hey, you know, I'm doing so-and-so's and, you know, but I would never, yeah. I so you were them. still knocking doors? In the- Not technically knocking doors. I was at my job site if I drive by. And, you know, if you've been in a riffing storm, neighbors are outside looking what's going on. Yeah. I would drive by and say, hey, if any materials or anything like this drop in your yard, okay. make sure you give me a holler. We tell everyone to do that. It's a huge plus. And sometimes so. it's those, like, basics that it's like, yes, I know I should do that, but are you doing them? If you're not asking, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. You have to ask at least three times during the job, at mm-hmm. least three times. And then you have that homeowner, and this is what you're asking about as far as networking relationship building. You have that homeowner help you. You have that homeowner work for you. You know, you're working with a homeowner, and they trust you, and they're confident in you that you're going to trust everything or do everything A to Z. Why wouldn't they refer you to their neighbor? Why wouldn't they refer you to family? Why wouldn't they refer you? The reason they're not referring you is because you're not asking. Mm. Or they don't like you. Or they don't like you. But you need to ask because those are your best, those are your best testimonials. Those are your best referrals, references that you're doing work for them already. They trust you. They, you know, they want to see you do well. They're going to refer you out. You just have to ask. Dan, you're a likable guy, man. Well, I hope so, right? You're a little special. Well, I'm 25 years of doing this. I mean, I've been over 6 million on different years on different storms that aren't even in my na- own neighborhood. I mean, 2017 was a ginormous storm up in Blaine in that area in Minnesota. And I did six and a half, 295 jobs in that storm. Tell us how to be more likable. I would say be more, just be nice. I mean, be trustful, be loyal to the homeowners, explain to them, plant your seed. You know, there are jobs that you're going to go out there and you're going to go and inspect that property and there isn't going to be damage. If you're not using company cam, you're in the old ways. You know, if you are taking pictures, you're going through extra steps of having to download them on a computer, having to email them out to people, show somebody, print them out, whatever it is. Company cam has everything you want. But you need to drop that card and you need to let the homeowner know that, hey, there's no damage right now. However, two years from now, if a storm does hit, give me a call. I will be the one to take care of it from, you know, and... I don't know. Most people just tend to tend to like that. Now you're, you're true to people. And that's what's most important. I would think. What I'm hearing is a lot of patience. Like this, this past year, 18 million was not like you could just do that all of a sudden 18 million, right? That's, yeah. that's you said that's how many very years? Rare. 20, this is my 25th going to do. 25th. So all the backstory, 
that creates an $18 million a year or even if like, dude, everyone would be happy with like most roofing salespeople would be happy with a two or a yeah. five, right? So two or five, I mean, it's just crazy to even think. Like, well, I haven't been under four for 20 years. Okay, well, that's beautiful. So that's consistency too. Yeah. But talk to me about the backstory. What are all these relationships that then create 40 calls right after a storm? Well, I kind of touched on a little bit earlier. What what helped, what happened in Hudson, Wisconsin, that's where the storm was, Hudson River Falls, Woodbury, Oakdale, that little area. What happened in that area is I've been planting that seed. I've lived in the community for 13 years now. And, you know, I've donated a lot of time. I volunteered with the boosters. I've done security with them. I'm the eighth grade head football coach. I coach traveling baseball. How does, do they all know you're a roofer though? How do you do that? Honestly, they do because our roofing company will do a lot of sponsorships through the booster football program. Mm. So we'll sponsor the, I bought brand new concussion proof helmets for the entire mm, booster football team. I like this. We donated the roof to Coco's Heart. We, uh, I donated the life jacket or life vests for the canine unit in the Hudson Police Department because we donated our time. Seeing some advanced moves here. I mean, there's a a sweetheart kind of vibe. Well, but you're, what you're doing is you're planting that seed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're not doing it. It's not a monetary thing. You're not planting the seed for that. But you're planting that seed for eventually someday something will happen. Mm -hmm. You just want to make sure that you're able to take advantage of it. Yeah, I do see a lot of roofing companies kind of get stuck in that like one-to-one mode. I spend $150 and I get a lead. And that's technically exactly. what we do. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is like if you can go beyond to the point where it's like beyond to the community and create this warmth yeah. because you have abundance mm-hmm. you don't need to have every dollar come back to you that you spend this seeding mm-hmm. creates this rich amount of leads is what I'm hearing. Correct. Correct. And, and that's, yeah, that's correct. That's exactly what it is. Is it's you've planted the seed and now, you know, there's still abundance of knowledge and, and, you know, I've always trained myself on the five C's and I can get into that later that from day one, Jim Johnson, I'm going to give him a little props here who started 25 years ago. That's who trained me in and, I worked with and he gave me the five C's of starting and that's what I pretty much go off to this day. Can you give those real quick? I mean, by the way, Chuck and Jim with Top Rep are our sponsor. Perfect. perfect. Well, the number one thing that I always tell people is you need to create opportunities. And that goes in line with what we've kind of talked about. You need to create your own opportunities. That's so important. You need to challenge, you know, and when I say challenge, that's not challenging other roofing companies. That's not challenging other sales reps. That's challenging yourself. You need to put a challenge out there every single day of what, hey, what do I need to do? What are, where do I need to get to, right? And if you're not challenging yourself, then, I mean, to me, you're doing a disjust or a disservice for the industry because you need to challenge yourself. You also need to be competitive. I mean, in this industry, there's a lot of competition out there and a lot of people, you don't think they're better than them or he's better than this. And, but you need to be competitive, not with other people, but you need to be competitive with yourself. Mm. You need to set yourself a goal, right? You need to go above and beyond that goal. Mm. And once you get above and beyond that goal, then comes the major one, consistency. Mm. And with consistency, that's where you take a rep from a hustle rep, which is great. I mean, I'm all for the door knocking to a rep that goes beyond that hustle, Mm. which to me is the most important thing in the world is going beyond the hustle. Mm. And that's why I thought of the tag is because you're going above and beyond that where Everybody needs to hustle. Everybody needs to do the work. There's so many good sales reps out there. But so we need, what we need to do is we need to train these guys not to go here, but to go beyond that. Mm. And to me, that's so important. 
Is there one more seat? There is one more seat, and I'm going to be honest with you, that one I'm going to hold back on, and I'll bring that one out in uh, Top Rep. It's, it's an important one. All right, so you guys heard it here. Top Rep event at the end of February. Yep. Are you there? I am. I'm speaking oh my Jim Oh, my God. I'm super excited, too. I'm speaking at that event. All right. It'll be a very good one. Um, do you know the dates? Uh, February 28th and 29th, I believe. And not only that. I mean, learning directly from an $18 million sales rep in one year. I mean, that's going to be a good time. That Those events, we just, what I realized is I'm going around the industry and I'm just asking people the sure. best events that they've been to. Yeah. And I just kept on hearing it, hearing it, hearing it. So I had to have them as a sponsor. So I went out and talked top to rep, yeah. Top rep is growing. It is yeah. really growing. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. So All right. So we talked about insurance agents and insurance adjusters. Can you talk to me about how you seed the pot with these folks and how you create opportunities um, through them? Yeah. So with I'm going to start with the insurance agents. What I've developed here a few years back, though, is I started to realize that getting that relationship with the agents is, is one of the most important relationships you can have. And what I personally do is in the last few years, I've set up what is called a uh, Western Wisconsin, basically what I do is I invite all the agents in the Western Wisconsin, we get together and I kind of set them down in kind of a meeting and explain to them what I can do for them. Okay. Our number one goal is you don't want a billion people calling and making claims if they're not good claims. Right? So what I do for a lot of people is I go out and do the actual inspection prior to the claim to let them know whether or not it's claim worthy. If that were, if that storm or if that damage is claim worthy, then we'd contact the insurance adjuster and actually open up a claim. So we're not making up a hundred different claims on something that's not claim worthy. Roofers, you want at least five solid lead gen tactics building chemistry. Let's say you have door knocking, referral systems, job site branding, and you add in aggressive SEO, paid ads, and boom! Mmm, smells like more leads. Hookagency.com. And in doing that, who's the home, who's the homeowner going to usually go with, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, Referral from the insurance agent. Yes, sir. correct. I mean that that helps a lot there. Uh, just the relationships with the agents. I mean, I go in there every couple months. We bring them bagels. We talk to them, ask them if they have any questions, anything regards to damage. Homeowners always have questions. You know, they think, is this damage worthy? Is this damage worthy? Instead of just opening and opening and opening a claim, you, you shouldn't do that. You should see what is worthy of a claim and what isn't. Adjusters. I mean, again, been doing this for twenty five years, so. That book of business is just experience. I mean, I've known the local staff adjusters in the area. That's a good plus to know. I mean, get out and know them, you know, talk to them, you know, and if, if they deny a claim, ask them why, you know, what, what, what did you see on this property that's not damaged and what did I see that is damaged? Figure it out. Learn from those adjusters. Would you say that like there's more money to be made in challenging that one deal and kind of pushing on a little bit or, or more business and, and making the relationship and, and really like educate, trying to get education from that person. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, kind of both, to be honest with you, yeah. as far as regards to, I mean, if you go up on a claim and that claim is a 50, 50 claim and there's not, you know, a collateral damage and there's not, you know, all, all storms, all damage on a property, it basically paints a picture, right? Mm -hmm. It writes a story. If you go out there and you do an, an inspection scope form, which I always do on every one of my properties. I start with the left side because I am also a licensed insurance adjuster. Okay. So what I, I've been for a licensed adjuster for 20 plus years. So what I do is I go out to each property. I start on that left-hand side of that property and I inspect that property as if I was the adjuster on that claim. All right. And I go around the property and I look at everything on that property as far as damage. 
and I write it down on a scope form. So when I meet that insurance adjuster, I am working for that homeowner. You know, I'm not like one of these referees that just say, yep, you've got damage, let's get a claim, let's get this rolling. No, that's not how I work. I do the inspection, I go up to the homeowner and say, listen, this is what I found on your property that is damaged. Now the next step is we need to have the adjuster come out and I can meet him out here and kind of go through the damage with him. So when I meet with that adjuster and people ask, how come you got a 95% close ratio? How is that so freaking high? Here's your little trick or trade right here. All right, and here's how I get it every single time. When that adjuster shows up on that, on that driveway, I look right at the adjuster, I hand him my scope sheet and I say, hey, this is what myself and the homeowner have just went over on their property. This is what we've noticed is damage on their property. This is what we expect to be taken care of. And I hand that to that insurance adjuster and that adjuster looks right at it. So what's the first thing he's gonna do? This looks like more work than I would have done. Exactly, and he looks right down at it and what does he say? The homeowner already knows this is what's damaged on their property. This is what I need to look at. So he takes front elevation, whatever is listed on that. All he's walking around is taking his pictures mm -hmm. of the things I have listed so he can put those on his exact main form. Bang, bang. My next question for you is how do you get homeowners in a group to pitch them all? That was one of the oh, most creative you. things I saw. You had a picture of like a homeowner and then like, five, seven other homeowners all Ten, gathered. Ten, we're not counting. Ten, <laughs> all gathered around like the stoop of a house, like pitching them yep. in person, a bunch of different homeowners. So how do how are you doing that? And is that like actually common? Uh, well, 10 is not common. A handful, yes. Uh, on that specific one you're talking about, uh, right after the storm, people calling, people calling, people calling. I got a phone call from an individual on a cul-de-sac and he said, hey, you know, I'd like to have you come out and do my work. I know that you're the eighth grade head football coach. Mm -hmm. Would you come out and take care of me? And I said, sure, that's great. And he goes, I think my neighbor's interested also. But I, I said, you know what? Why don't we do this? Why don't you call your neighbors? You set up a time. You tell me what time. I'll come out there. And instead of me just working with you, I'm going to help every one of your neighbors out at the same exact time to get them moving. So he says, all right, how about Wednesday at 5? I said, Wednesday at 5 works perfectly. So at Wednesday at 5, I showed up at the property. I drive up in the driveway and in that property, there's 10 separate homeowners. I bring out 10 folders, 10 contracts. I did my pitch one time for all 10 people, handed each one of them a pen, signed did up. Did you get 10 signatures? Right there. God, that's minutes. a beautiful moment. And I just have to say like, so is, you know, several though, you've done that many that times? happened three different times, four different times in this past storm, but in other storms, two, three, four, very, very common. I love that. And anything I, I think, where you can pitch multiple people at the yeah. same time. That's a beautiful mindset. And then I think also you just have this mindset of like, not only this deal that I'm trying to close now, like I want this ideal, ideally to sure, close, sure. but I want many other deals to come from this. Mm -hmm. And that's your mindset, I feel like. Yep. Is there any other things besides the insurance agents, adjusters, pitching many homeowners at once? Maybe the realtor strategy, if you want to go into that a little bit. I know that some people <clears throat> find Realtors like can sometimes be like tire kicker they or are. like little problem. There's problems that come with really focusing on realtors sometimes. How do you do that in a way that actually creates business? I work with realtors more, not so as tire kickers or, you know, hey, can you get a bid? Hey, can you get a bid? I work with realtors more as connections. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And as connections are, you know, I've got a couple of realtors right in my right in Hudson here that they know that I'm not just going to run out and, hey, can I get an estimate on a downspout? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's, no, but what they do is their connections are, are broad and are wide. I mm -hmm. mean, and 
handing them cards. They know that I'm going to refer them out. They're going to refer me out. And I've had numerous times where just in this past storm, I would say no less than 15 times I had things called homeowners looking to move. They think they might have damage on the property or the building inspector came out, noticed that there is damage on the property and they need to get this thing moving as soon as possible, mm. right? So that agent would refer me to that homeowner. That homeowner would call me and said, hey, you can get this taken care of in a timely fashion. I'm like, sure I can. You know what I mean? And it's Do you say a, like, I don't want little tiny deals? You never say that. Okay. I never say that because yeah. you never know. And I'm sure in doing this business and you've talked to people, you never know what that one small repair job could turn into. Any other things where you're kind of like talking to someone who's spreading the good word? Um, we, we covered a lot. Oh, I was so going to say we covered a lot. You know, on a, on a cusp, I would probably say the biggest key. I mean, to be honest with it, coming to things like this, networking like this, networking and relationships. We're at SRC Summit at the moment. so And I'm trying to think if there's other things. I mean, adjusters, agents, real estate agents. The sponsorships thing, like the, 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 that's huge. That's huge. Police force, like the donating, like that kind of stuff, all that stuff, the community stuff. Yeah. And then you being, having a full personal life yeah. that involves being like being involved in like football and stuff. Yeah. Like, that's beautiful. And that all is crazy networking, right? It is um, unbelievable networking and it's enjoyment too. I mean, I enjoy being the eighth grade football yes. coach. I enjoy coaching my children and in, in the numerous sports they do. And it's not like I do it just for the networking relationships, sure, no. but you build that yeah. with knowing people. I mean, and getting your name out, letting people know who you are, what you do, you know, how- Once again, how do you do that in a classy way? Like real quick, does it, around the um, sports stuff, like I'm coaching these kids and like, am I like wearing the business shirt to the- <laughs> like, No, not so much that, but, but what you're doing is, I mean, the multiple years of doing this, people ask, so what do you do? You know, oh, I gotcha. So it's just you know, like those one-to-one yeah, -one yeah. conversations. And like in, with, with being a commissioner in the football, I mean, where there's a need for concussion-proof helmets. So mm -hmm. we put out a sponsorship out there. And of course, Build Strong Exteriors is going to sponsor that. Is there like a brand on the helmet or anything we, like that? Actually, we uh, took eight sponsors this last year for uh, the football for the helmets. And we put their name on the back of the jerseys and then... You know, so every time our kids would play football, you'd read Build Strong on the back of the jerseys. I love that. And, you know, you'd have two, three, four hundred people coming to watch the youth football games. Well, everyone's got the jersey on with our hmm. name on it. And I mean, same thing with with the baseball, with the basketball. With baseball, we used to do, we used to sponsor, you know, our Build Strong would always do uh, baseball bags. Mm -hmm. And on the baseball bags, you'd put our logo on the baseball bags and sponsor the team for that. So every community you'd go to play baseball in, your, your logo and your name and everything will be on that on that bag mm. just to get, to get out there. There's there's so many numerous No, I know. I just wanted to cover a good chunk of them in sure. this because I think what it comes down to is like folks thinking kind of that one-to-one -one strategy. You like door knocking or-, or There's even, nothing wrong with door Or knocking. buying leads or whatever it happens to be, but like just really kind of expanding past that one-to-one -one mindset mm -hmm. and getting into like one-to-many exactly. in as many cases as possible. And it's community and it's enjoying life. Exactly. And going beyond. Going beyond the hustle. That's exactly correct. Anything else you want to share on Beyond the Hustle? I know that you're working on a book right now. <laughs> yeah. So, well, my, my wife and I, actually, my wife was the one who helped tag the name. And uh, I went to a D2D door-to-door -door last, so it was in Salt Lake, what, last week, I think it was. And I learned a lot of great things. And little plug for Taggart, he did a fabulous job there. I heard the, oh that my event is awesome. It is a, if, you, if you haven't been... 
something you need to go to. Mm -hmm. uh, little, little bit on that. And so, uh, you know, I went and sat and watched a panel. They did a fabulous job, but everything was about, you know, the hustle. Yeah. The, get the grind out there. 15 hours a day. Go, 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 go. And my wife and I had a conversation and I'm like, you know, it's not always about the hustle. You know, there's a step beyond that hustle that the reality is, and Tim, you and I have talked about this. Not a lot of people are touching that. Mm. Not a lot of people are going beyond that hustle. You mm. know what I mean? There, there's so many different avenues that people can take. You got to hit it. You got to hit it. I you mean, you got to get there first. You don't get to skip. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't go from zero to 18 in one year. Yeah. You know, but you have to, you have to go through the grind to understand that there's means beyond that. And when you're doing that, actually creating relationships, creating relationships and then treating uh, people well and having consistency, which is huge. And if you're consistent and you're, you're, you're confident in yourself, you know, the bubble it is what it is. It'll just keep going. And it really does. I love it. And do you want to give a dot com or anything? Do you want to promote anything here at the end? Not yet. Pretty much. I'm uh, just starting off with the, you know, uh, beyond the hustle. I've got meeting with Jim. Uh, we're going to be going over a lot of stuff. And he was talking about getting into the studio and working on some things. And, and it's built strong exteriors. Built strong exteriors. Yep. Built out of Lake Elmo, Minnesota. Awesome. And, um, doing great things there and I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today um, the podcast is put on by hookagency.com hook agency all over social thank you for watching listening give this a thumbs up subscribe rate the podcast appreciate y'all bye thank you